I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm your other host, Morgan. We are two sisters by marriage who love to talk about stories from writing fiction to creating elaborate plot lines in D&D to walking a mile in your character's shoes. We're, we're out, out of, of initiative. initiative. We're sitting next to each other today, Morgan. We're in person. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like so many miles uh, that are normally between us have been just reduced to nothing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely nothing. Nothing between us. Yeah. Nothing. Um, and for no particular reason other than playing a game in person. We've got an in-person D&D game, uh, one of our twice-a-year games, and I'm really super excited about it. Uh, even though one player can't attend, he's going to attend virtually. Um, it's just, like, really cool to see everybody and, like, watch everybody, like, get, like, into character in person, which is totally different from how they get into character when we're playing online, which kind of brings us to the point of our discussion today, getting into character. You don't have to, like, you know, to the nines. Like, we're a lot. and We, we kind of went all out today. So. We understand that. <laughs> but you should follow us on TikTok because we're, like, getting really um, addicted. So, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of that. So, anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, getting into character. So, there's a lot of ways you can get into character. Um, Sorry, you had some kind of thoughts on, like, some, like, framework on building a character and getting into character. What, where do you start when you're putting that together? Yeah, so like we kind of talked um, before about just initially when you're building your character, um, what inspired you to make this character? Because I feel like every time we play or we want to make a new character, there's something that inspires us, right? Yeah. There's something about the character that was like, I I want to be like this, or I saw this person on a movie, or an athlete, or something, and I want to aspire to be like this, and it kind of draws you um, to create that character. Um, and then when you're going into building your character, you kind of keep that um, aspect into it. And um, so just initially when you're building your character, uh, what inspired it? What, how did you create it? And then as you go into the game, how you bring that, those character traits with you and um, in your role play or combat or anything like that. And we've touched on this in like previous discussions, I think at least once or twice, and, like, talking about, like, it's, your character is not just some, like, collection of experiences. They are a person with motivations. And, like, while I don't love the alignment chart and being, like, locked into an alignment, like, no thank you. It still, like, helps, like, understand. It's one way that you might help understand what motivates your character. I believe in following the law. And I believe in doing what is right and good and just. Mm-hmm. Great. Like, mm-hmm. as a lawful good person, that might influence the way I make choices when we're at the table. Whereas if I believe in whatever is the opposite of the law all the time and I want to do my best to do whatever's right for me every day, like, good, you got a chaotic neutral and now you have, like, some thoughts that might help frame things. Like, sure, you're going to veer from that from session to session and, like, hopefully in your course of in the course of your story whether it's your alignment shifting or your motivations you're going to find your character shifting and growing and changing into something new because of the experiences that they shared with the rest of the adventuring party yeah yeah absolutely and i think you know you make your initial character how you want them to be um but no matter what throughout the campaign they they are going to change the other characters are going to influence them their choices um, whatever quests they go on, it's going to shape and mold them into where they are at the end. And um, I think, you know, just starting with a good base, but also, um, and I know we've talked about this too, is where I want to end up. Like, yeah. if I know this is where my character is, whether it's backstory or just skills or um, 
anything they learn along the way. Um, I, I love to see like what it's going to be at the end. And then when I'm making choices with my character in uh, sessions, um, then I can kind of drive their growth or their development that way. I think that's really cool. And you mentioned also being like inspired by a character in, uh, you know, like TV or movie or books. Um, and it's always great to like have some sort of like baseline, especially for like new players. I think we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a newer player or if you struggle with role play, or if you struggle with having a character that feels defined, something that could be really helpful is who is a close analog to the character that I want them to be in you know, whatever, what's your favorite form of media? Like if you love watching movies, which great, awesome, mm -hmm. love that for you. Um, then think about like favorite movie characters. Why were they important to you? Why do they stand out? Is it because who'd you reference in our last episode, John Wick, like, or Dexter? Like, I love <clears throat> that they have mm -hmm. a code and they follow that code of conduct, no matter what is going on, even if it means they're doing things that others think is bad, things think are bad, right? Like, I think that's so cool. Like having like a direction and a, like, a path that you want this character to follow and then when challenges arise it's like well i think i know what my character would do you know my closest analog dexter um what would he do like how might he react in this situation and then use that information to extrapolate and decide like how you want to react certainly that's a lot to try to process at the table like in a moment and there's yeah. nothing wrong with in a moment like trying to make a decision and saying to the dm uh give me a minute i need to think about this yeah absolutely i don't think players do that enough I feel okay. like we just are so pressured to respond or yeah. pressured to react. And I think it's like, it's okay to take a beat or think of, I know some people even roll, they'll even roll. Yeah. Like, am, do I, how do I feel about this? Or what is my choice with that? Yeah. Um, I think that's okay. But I, like you were saying, using uh, like a character from a movie or a TV show, if you really want to play like John Wick, what are some aspects of yourself that are similar to John Wick? And how can you tap into them while you're playing? I mean, there's going to be a lot that is not like your character. And it's a fantasy game. You want to kind of, yeah. you're going to be outside of your normal scope. But um, for example, he loves dogs, loves dogs, right? And or maybe you're a big dog lover. And so when you're playing that character, that can be something that um, you keep, you bringing up, you ask about dogs, or maybe you have a dog, um, or you want a dog. Maybe that's your end game. <laughs> you want a dog at the end of the game. We've got a player like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when you're ever, whenever you're kind of get inspired and making your character, what are things about it? Um, and if you're not inspired by a movie or TV show, you're just completely creating this character, give them some traits that you have. Like they really like sweets or they really like, you know, being outside all the time and why, I mean, then you can kind of back up from that. Where the, where's their backstory? Why do they like being outside or why do they like sweets? And, um, that just kind of shapes your character, but then it's attaching it to something that you personally have. So then when you're role playing, it's more natural, it's more organic. Cause that's you, yeah. you know, that's a part of you. Um, so I think that's, that's big into like just getting to know your character because it's, you're taking parts of yourself. Yeah, and I think uh, using, like, one one trait from yourself and um, making it exaggerated mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. something that I go back to a lot when I'm making characters. Um, like, she's, uh, you know, terrified of being alone. Like, I, like I, I have this horrible fear of being alone. Like, this is hypothetical. I have horrible fear of, like, being alone. Um, so I'll make my character's worst fear that except tenfold. Like she doesn't like to go to the bathroom alone. She doesn't like to be left by herself to watch the table at the tavern. Like 
these little like quirks that will mm-hmm. make her more likely to draw other players in from the party and say like, but won't you sit with, well, we could pair up. Do you want to take your watch with me? I'll take my watch with you. Like make a more interesting character. And it's something that you're able to like pull from yourself and then just push in just like quickly dial it up. Yeah. It's quickly. Like, you know, the DM is giving you a choice. Do you see something being set up for questions? You already know exactly how you're going to respond. Yeah. If, if the whole party's like, Hey, we're going to go here and they're going to leave you behind to do something. You immediately know, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm coming with you. My character hates that. Yeah. You don't have to think about it. Right. So um, it just makes it more engaging and it just, it's, it's easier too um, because you just already have made up your mind. I know exactly what my character would say, but I like what you're saying about making them kind of bigger, bolder. Um, I think that just makes the whole game better when your character is just way more brave than I would ever be or way more outgoing um, and just kind of like bigger, a bigger character, a bigger personality. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. A more like extreme Mm -hmm. Because, like, Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about the kind of person who would go on an adventure with a group of strangers (laughs) or a group of, like, people that they've only met a few times, like, a group of, like, rough acquaintances, like, that's not just, like, a normal, like, that's not you and I. No, no. Hey, let's go out to the woods, random strangers, and travel for three days together. No, I'm going to get murdered. I'm a woman in the 21st century. No, thank you. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Uh, So, you know, like, so what's different between me you know, my thoughts, my ambitions, my fears, and what I want to inject into this character. Uh, and, and how is it more extreme? Like, what circumstances would I need to be in to be like, well, I guess I'm gonna... Like, what makes my character wake up one morning and decide she wants to hike a long trail with a group of people and, like, that she's never met before, and we're gonna face these challenges, and we're gonna have to figure out how to feed ourselves, and we're gonna meet strangers, and we're gonna do jobs for them, and we're gonna work really hard because those little shiny things of metal are, like, that's somehow worth it. So, like, what makes what makes that happen? What started mm-hmm. that? Did mm-hmm. she lose her job? Did she lose her family? You know, like, trying to put those pieces together and really shying away from, like, what's that chain of experiences? So, like, you can use experiences to help form the character, right? Like, well, she got in a fight in uh, primary school that left a scar on her face. And um, it's funny that I would use that example, but... <laughs> um, yeah. Why not? This is a fight with her brother. Uh, <laughs> oh. She gonna? Did you not know that? No. Ollie gave her this. No. Nope. Uh, yeah. Nope. She it left a mark on Spoilers. Ollie. Spoilers. Yes. Spoiler alert for, for our campaign. The the five listeners <laughs> who we have who are familiar with the campaign that uh, we're in. Um, yeah. Ollie gave her this. So her brother gave her this like big scar. So like, does that change the way she sees him? In that case, no, because they both knew like they had no choice but to, like, be part of that fight. So that's kind of a bad example. But, like, if she, like, lost her job or wanted to find something new um, and, like, and you want it to be relevant to the fact that she got in this fight in primary school, then, like, okay, did it leave a scar and she finds it hard to interact with people? Like, the rest of her life, people have been making a huge deal about the scar. Um, And, you know, she tries to hide it or she tries to emphasize it, like, how does she react in each of these situations? So instead of just being like, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, which is, as, like, narrative writers, really, mm-hmm. really easy mm-hmm. to fall into that habit. Yeah. Um, so it's like, what? how does that impact the character? How does the character mold and shift because of this? And mm-hmm. if it hadn't happened, would they be the same character? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a question I ask myself a lot, is, like, 
okay, well, um, if she hadn't had, if she hadn't lost her job, um, which was something that happened right before she went adventuring, would she still have taken that initial um, post off the bulletin board to go start adventuring? And yeah. if the answer is no, then it didn't matter. And either remove it from the backstory because it's not important or find a way to make it matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, like with my character, I, for this campaign, I made very little backstory. Um, first of all, she's kind of young. And cause my motivation was to really shape her during the campaign. And this is her life. This is where, you know, the extremes happen and that kind of thing. And so it was kind of starting with a blank slate, which is pretty fun. And that's definitely that's something cool. if you want to try it, go for it. Just give them a little bit of backstory because the DM needs something and a reason to join the party, as we've discussed in previous episodes, a reason to join and stay with the party. Um, and then if you just want to build them as you go, I mean, that's that's really fun, too. I think one of the most fun, like on that note, one of the most fun characters I've built and then played with a little bit, and then we ended up writing her out, was an Air Genasi warlock. And she was a Pact of the Genie warlock. And um, one thing that, uh, because I didn't know how she would fit into the group, and I didn't know how she would fit into the world, uh, one thing that I did that was just like, keep it really super simple, was I know her personality traits. So she is um, really easy to get along with. Uh, she's super friendly to everyone. She believes in like, making sure that people are cared for and she doesn't remember anything before like, I don't know, six months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the, all she knows is that she traded all of her memories up to that point for her warlock powers. Right. Like that's kind of like a fun, I think it was kind of a fun way mm -hmm. to, I think I'd heard it somewhere. I'm not going to take credit for the idea. Um, but it just thought it was like a fun way to like, oh yeah, she got her warlock powers because she traded her memories. Like that's cool. Like, that's what? great. Yeah. And then the question it, that, you know, people want to ask is like, why did she trade her memories? Was it something really bad? Was it something good that she'd lost? Was it, you know, something really troubling? Had she done really bad things or been in league with really bad people? Which is like kind of a fun thing to explore. But I really just like gave the DM free reign and said like, have at her, whatever you, or it could never come up. And that's fine too, because I have like the affect of this character and I know how she will react in most situations based on, you know, the fact that she'll be really heavily shaped by this group. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you can just roll with that. And I feel like that was actually like a super fun way to build a character because instead of saying, oh, I've been here before, I know this blacksmith and he was really cool and he gave me a discount, but then the next day he charged me too much. I wonder if there's two of them, you know, like she didn't have any of those mm -hmm. preconceived notions. She mm -hmm. was just like, I think it's fun to learn new languages and meet new people so she just likes to travel and that was why she was joining an adventuring party and like the end like that's it was cool but like you were saying it's like um it's that constant it's that notion of uh having an end game in mind mm -hmm. for your character mm -hmm. so like i built this character knowing she would learn to settle down or be part of an adventuring group settle down with people instead of in a place not get her memories back that mm. wasn't part of your end game it was not to get her memories back no because that's I, hilarious i didn't want the dm to have to write this whole like background especially because when it when if it's a dm you trust a ton and you have a lot of like sideline conversations with them about mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. background i would trust that but like generally like that's a really big ask to trust your dm with because if i say my character has no memories we don't know why she traded them away and the dm decides oh it's because she'd been in league with really bad people and she'd done really bad things oh. i hated the idea that yeah. it would be like oh and that was actually what he suggested initially was like oh i think that she'd been like running around with these like but there thugs. are some people that would love that 
and they would love that. Yeah. Oh, they're like they were this horrible person, and now they're really good, like with amnesia. I mean, you see that in movies that yeah. trope all the time, right? Samantha so I mean, who? definitely it's you know back and forth with your DM if yeah. that's you know you have amnesia and you know fill in the blanks, kind of yeah. Work and, on that together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so when you're building a character, though, because you've mentioned this, and I know we've talked about it a little bit, when you build a character with an end game in mind, we obviously don't want to build, we don't want to know what their story arc is going to be. Sure. Yeah. We just know, like, generally, I hope that she learns the value of a dollar, or like, I hope that she <laughs> learns that family's the most important thing. How are you deciding what those end goals are, and how specific versus how broad are you when you think about putting those together? Uh, that's a great question. Um, going into reporter mode. Yeah. I feel like it kind of comes down to when I'm initially creating, um, a character, I'll go to like Pinterest or I'll search, uh, the internet for character art and try and find my character as they are when I first start. And then I'll go and look and try and see a similar character. Like for example, mine is a redhead, uh, cleric, and I'll try and find what a, uh, either art or um, just any sort of inspiration that what they'll look like at the end. And I, you know, you see like the big strong like paladins with all the armor and the glowing, like they have wings or they have, you know, they've slain a dragon with a big sword, that kind of thing. And then it's like, that's what I have in my head of where she'll end up. Um, but as far as like specifics um, with this particular character, I didn't have a whole lot I again, I because I kept her kind of blank on purpose. Yeah. Um, I know because she's a cleric, there's a lot of growth she wants with her deity, Lyra. Uh, that's huge. And I think that's huge with a lot of clerics and paladins. You want to become closer to them, right? Yeah. And um, as you get more spells and more power and that kind of thing. Doesn't even have to be a religious class. No, no, that's true. Yeah. And so I that was kind of, that's a big motivation for me. Uh, my other character is a tiefling warlock and she's very old and has I like a checkered... that's a defining characteristic. <laughs> well, she's I very said old. That this one's very young. The other one's very old. Yeah. And she has a very checkered past. And so with My hers, choice. huh? Your choice. My choice. Yeah. I wanted that. Yeah. And I put that in there and some of it's, I mean, she wasn't terrible person, but it was a lot of like criminal activity and that kind of thing, which I wanted and we discussed Yeah. and I wanted that. And so now where she is now, she's kind of looking at, okay, what, what does a good person look like or what a good people do or what's normal? That's kind of on this side of the law. What, what does that look like? What do, what do people do? And she's kind of struggling to fit in, which was really fun. Um, so that's, yeah, they're just kind of the flip flip side that way. But I feel like when I am initially creating the character, I have in my mind what I want them to kind of look like when they're done. I wouldn't say like there's anything specific because I think that's just the campaign. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're just going to be influenced by if another party member dies and you have to resurrect them or you split up for some reason. You're just going to be kind of influenced that way. Um, but that's yeah. Yeah, that's I just kind of keep it broad um, for what I want. And I would really recommend that if you're thinking about like having an arc for your character. I, I think that um, Kyle and I had talked about. Uh, so my character's brother, uh, one of his like endgame arcs that he had considered uh, and I don't know if he actually said it in stone or not was like he needs to come to terms with the fact that he doesn't have magic the way his sister does or that his control over the weave is super different from what his sister innately can do mm -hmm. uh, and then he ended up finding magic in his own way uh, you know via a slightly infected bite which 
sick. Uh, and, like, he just had left it really broad. And initially when he had made that goal, it was more like, oh, come to terms with the fact that I don't have magic. And then, like, as the game progressed, he had the idea and he came to our, our DM of that game uh, and said, what if he became a lycanthrope? Like, what if he switched to the blood hunter, like, order of lycanthropy? Mm-hmm. Is that the order? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You guys get it. Um, so he like switched over and that made his end goal still valid, but it just had shifted. And I think that when you set a broad end goal, like you, like you're mentioning mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. what he had done, um, it's becomes achievable. Yeah. Whereas if you set something really rigid, like I want her to earn X amount of money and have this experience, it like, it doesn't leave any room for the story to naturally unfold yeah. or for the lessons to be kind of brought like you know they're not all like sitcom episodes with a nice like theme stated at the end no no um but you but you still want to like leave room for those to impact your character as you go and i i mean if you're making a paladin like oath of vengeance and they need to go fight this person that like attacked their family you work without the dm hopefully it comes up at some point maybe earlier in the game uh because i mean that's like their their mission but maybe i don't know maybe they find out that their family was really bad and they kind of made all these bad choices and it was kind of coming to them or maybe this bad guy isn't that bad and maybe they're just being instructed to by someone else see what i mean so Mm -hmm. like you can have it initially that's what you want your character to do but outside influences from the dm or just the game itself um can alter that and change that. And I love that. I think that's really fun. Like you get more perspective and you get more information. I mean, that's the idea. You're investigating this and figuring out what happened. And um, I love that you just kind of create as you go. I mean, that's the whole idea. It is also distinctly reflective of the human experience, right? Like I can have a dream of owning a farm and raising a million chickens um, that just like wander around. How beautiful. But then like, stuff happens, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. To, like shit happens. Like there's a reason that we say that. And then you, your dream changes or it grows or it morphs or you realize it wasn't a very good dream after all. Like you don't want chickens. You want ducks. Ducks actually ducks. Look, I'm going to tangent for one second. Mm-hmm. Their eggs are higher in vitamin mm-hmm. A. And while they do lay fewer eggs throughout mm-hmm. the course of a year, they do have more laying years. So there's a trade off. There's a lot to consider. There there's there a is. lot to consider. Yeah. Those and are, they waddle. so before you start a session as this character yes is there anything like you take 10 minutes before 15 minutes before that kind of gets you into the her mind space like are there habits or or any sort of like routine that you do yeah so a couple things i always try to put my hair up in buns although she did recently have some character growth and she has stopped being so uptight She's let her hair down, so to speak. I like to think that my character had something to do with that. I believe that Rarely um, hooking up with an NPC specifically oh. is a is a major factor. She literally let her hair down. Um, <laughs> although true. I do think your character had a lot of influence on her too, because she like my character had a big crush on yours, and then your character was like, "I like the Goliath," and we were both like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, all right, that makes sense." Um, <laughs> so like we look up, like oh. Uh, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so like one thing that I was doing is always putting my hair up in little buns or like, I always have some sort of like casting focus cause she uses the crystals, a casting focus. I have 
um, a necklace with a crystal on it that I couldn't find today as I was as I was looking for it. Um, and a necklace with a crystal on it that was a gift actually from the bar the Goliath's wife uh, many years ago uh in real life uh and i love that and i would always oh, put I thought it this on. was more backstory you were dropping no, 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 i was no, like no. oh tell no. me more brandon's real more. wife uh okay. purchased okay. a crystal for me based <laughs> on a character that we talked about before and then i ended up not being able to play that character and i was like oh it'd be a really fun casting focus so i put it on before every session yeah yeah and that and like putting my hair up or like having at least having the crystal with me it was like oh this is what this is helping me get into character have these little like reminders and then on days when i feel like really super extra i might do some makeup. Maybe I might paint my little scar on and it helps me like when I look in the mirror, um, be like, oh, or I see myself on camera on Discord. Like, oh, that's Saf. I remember that's who that is. Um, we also use a silly accent. So we've got two things, A, props or, you know, makeup yeah. and B, a silly voice, which is, so the last like 60 seconds leading up to every session, I always try to like get into my really bad New Zealand accent. I'm always like, dick, 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 mm-hmm. mate, mate, mate. Like word. <laughs> we call it dick dicking now because- You both do it. Because you have the same we accent. We have the same accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, I have like, using the silly voice helps me get in the right headspace. And, cause there's so many things that I can't imagine her saying. And putting on kind of some stuff to help me like get into the zone with her. I know that's not for everybody, but that works really well for me. What do you do? Well. I love it when you have, like, when I sit down to play and you have your hair in buns, I immediately know, oh, it's that campaign. You're yeah. your staff today. It immediately tells me, too, uh, what we're doing. And that's so easy. You can yeah. just throw them in some buns. Like, yeah, these are fake. right? Um, so <laughs> they're great. They're fake today. Um, with Ruby, I have a necklace with her symbol of Lyra that I put on. Um, I only wear it on Ruby Days. I don't wear it anywhere else any other time. So it's like a sacred just Ruby Days um i also try and wear clothing uh that's much more casual and kind of like either green or yellow tones i try and do because she's kind of up up um she's happy she's happy she's very happy yeah um upbeat upbeat there's the word she's upbeat and i was like she is a farm girl you wear a lot of flannel i wear a lot of flannel a lot of flannel uh just kind of she has a like a western accent so I'll practice that a little bit. I do the same thing. I say, like, I'll be in the mirror, like, getting ready, you know, doing my hair or whatever. And be like, reckon, y'all. And just immediately have that critter um, kind of get that accent. So then we start, um, I'm a little bit more into it. Uh, with my other character, I do a lot more blacks and purples. She's a tiefling warlock. So she, I do, I wear, like, a black shirt or a purple shirt. Um, I don't have any like jewelry for her, but I usually do like a thicker eyeliner. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I think she's going to get in game jewelry. Oh. It's going to change what you wear. Oh yeah. 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 That's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll do like, so Ruby, I usually do just kind of more natural and stuff, but like with Zila, I'll do like thicker eyeliner, sometimes like a red lip. I go a little bit yeah. more. She's kind of more like goth. Um, and so I'll do that, but even like my shirt, just change it. And it just changes my head space. Uh, I have different notebooks, one for one character, one for another. That's smart. Ruby's is bright pink. Uh, Zila's is like a leather <laughs> toda, like totem, you know? So there's very different. And it's, I think all those little kind of triggers before I sit down, like 10 or 15 minutes that just kind of gets me into that character a lot quicker. Um, and so I'm just ready to play as soon as I sit down, which I think every DM would love that, right? Yeah, like I as like soon that. as you sit down, you're ready to go. 
so those are some things I do. I know a lot of people do uh, questions that they ask their character and there's like lists all over the internet, like hundreds of questions, like something they regret or like what are three of their favorite foods. And if you were having a conversation with them, like how would they respond to these questions? And they sometimes will write it in their notebook just to kind of have. Uh, even if it never comes up in game, I think just having it, how would they react to that? So like with one of our characters in our campaign, uh, one of the other players loves these meat pies, like shepherd's yeah. pie, right? And so that's just a big uh, draw in his life. I mean, he goes out and fights and slays all these monsters and then he comes back to town and it's like, that's what he looks forward to. More than money, more than fame, more than anything else is, is that. So that's a great like character quirk or trait of his. So I think, you know, asking all these kind of questions, if that helps, I, I recommend it. I haven't really done it. I just kind of in my head know my character, but I know yeah. a lot of people really utilize that to kind of um, get into their headspace. And maybe like initially when you're making your character, like the first few sessions, that would probably be pretty handy. Um, how would they react to bad news or how would they react to good news or what makes them happy or even like when is their birthday? Is it coming up soon? Or do they not celebrate their birthday? Maybe they don't know their birthday. That kind of, those little, those little things, right? So uh, there's lots of tools online to kind of design your character above hair color, eye color, height. I mean, that's all important too. I yeah. think, you know, looking at sure. the character art um, is great to kind of draw from too. Uh, one thing that I noticed when I was commissioning art um, for Ruby, and I also had art commissioned for Zila. Is when you, uh, if you've ever had art commissioned, you have um, the the artist wants inspiration photos, right? Like, what are what are some kind of designs or, or styles that you're looking for? And then you give a very detailed description of your character, uh, which makes sense, right? What is yeah. the armor they're wearing, or how tall they are, and um, what kind of equipment or weapons they have and, you know, eye color and that kind of thing. But the most interesting part of that, and I didn't even think about it when I was commissioning the art, is the artist asked me, what is their facial expression? Oh, funny. And I didn't even, like, are they smiling? And there's so many different types of smiles, right? Yeah. Like, is it a smirk? Are they really happy? And, or are they, like, knowing smile? Like, something's going on? Or are they just grumpy? Or what is their arm position? Are their arms crossed? Are they like, you know, holding their weapon, ready to go? Like kind of, you know, scared all the time. Uh, there was so much detail that I didn't even think about. And I had to really dig deep into what my character would look like, just just look like with their expression and mannerisms. Uh, and there's so such a difference between all of our art too. Yeah. Um, and even between my characters, their facial expressions are completely different. So that was really fun um, kind of, uh, experiment <laughs> to getting to know your character really well. So, and even if you can't afford to commission art, um, which there are many artists who have like really, really affordable rates, yeah. but like if you can't yeah. afford it, you can't afford it. That's totally fine. If you, even if you can't afford it, it like, it totally is worthwhile to like write all those details down and like try to like get that perfect picture in your head. And whether you're using like an online tool, like even those like little paper doll games to try to like, what does their outfit look like? And what does their hair, like, like answer those questions. So you have some visual representation of what this character looks like. Um, taking the time to do that makes a huge difference because then when, you know, you meet someone new or a new person enters the campaign and they go around and meet everybody, you can say, Oh, well,
Uh, yeah, he's about six feet tall. He's wearing uh, leather pants that have been well worn with time. And like you were able to just like rattle that information off because you have a very clear picture. Yeah. And then the rest of the group has a clear picture as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the, you were saying, like the paper doll, uh, the free kind of apps. Yeah. Sometimes you I'm can, obsessed with those. I, they're great. <laughs> they're great. And you can design your character. And as you're designing it, like maybe they're a rogue and they have like six daggers and they have them like strapped on their arms or something. And if you can imagine that either looking at inspiration art or um, having it commissioned or using those paper doll things. Lovely. And like if you had three daggers on either side, you look fierce. Yeah. And if your character's like super happy all the time, like how, how do you, you gotta like resolve that. You have to resolve that. Right. And I think you just get that clarity of what they look like or present like. And it's funny cause there's a kobold in one of our groups and uh, one of our campaigns. And when we had art done or I was saw some art done with a kobold and then regular like human size people. They're so tiny. They're so cute and little. Like, and he is, he's a monk and he's very like out he's there fierce. wanting. He's very fierce. Yeah. And you just imagine, he just has this big presence. He does have a really big presence. And then when I saw the art, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so tiny. Yeah. So I think then it just helps you when you're playing like, oh yeah, they're very small. Like I'm going to be looking down at this little guy all the time. So um, I think that's, that's great if you can just write it down and just have it in your mind how they present themselves. Or maybe they look really intimidating or maybe they don't. Um, their clothes are dirty all the time and they're going somewhere fancy. Like, how are they going to act? Are they going to act like they belong there? Are they going to be self-conscious? That kind of thing. So, yeah. We also talked about, um, like, especially, like, equipment that they might wear. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've got a casting focus. Um, your character Ruby has the goggles of night, um, which you're wearing currently in your cosplay today. <laughs> I am. And the funny thing about those is, like, they're so dorky looking. They really are. So does your character wear them on her head all the time? She does would... she put them in her bag? Yeah. Like, these questions, like, I, I do want to know your answer. And <laughs> I feel like these are the questions that you would have to ask. Yeah. And they are kind of dorky looking. She would wear them all the time. But because... Not on her eyes, though. That no, would just like this. Yeah. She would wear them just like this. On her head. On yeah. her head. Guy Fieri style. No, not <laughs> Guy Fieri style. On, just on, on top. Yeah. Got a little steampunk going on. Yeah. Uh, she would wear them all the time, mostly because they're like a precious possession to her, where she grew up as an orphan and kind of um, an orphanage. She had nothing. She had no possessions. So it's very precious to her. Plus, they allow her to see it at night, and she just loves that. Um, I'm sure it's some sort of like childish delight of everything being... We imagine green. Green, I think. Yeah. Is how they're described as having green lenses. She, Yeah. So I imagine she's like... Oh, the birds look different. And, you know, I think she just enjoys looking at everything different, um, like a kaleidoscope or something. Yeah. I think it's just kind of, you know, I, I, she, their possession. And she doesn't really care that they look dorky. Like, that doesn't... That's not for her. doesn't register for her. Yeah. Um, they're, they're really cool, and she's going to wear them. And that's kind of the end of that. But I think my other character, Zila would not not they she would be in away, her bag yeah. like these are like and then she'd just... like do a quick and then put them away yeah <laughs> she not, wouldn't I she would not do that. this yeah do you have a playlist for all of your characters i do that's a great suggestion um for anybody trying to get their characters um mindset going just like what kind of music makes me think of them or yeah. what kind of music would this character listen to because those are two distinctly different categories yeah mostly i listen i have a playlist of songs that kind of what um, my character's currently going on in their head or just an overall 
um, how I like describing them. Uh, Ruby's much more upbeat and kind of pop style. And then yeah. Zila's a lot more um, emo, melodramatic, that kind of thing. And I change the playlists. Oh. Uh, periodically I'll go and refresh them and put in new songs and take out old ones. Oh. Um, there's like maybe like 10 songs on each. Um, I do listen to them. A lot of times we record our sessions and a lot of times I'll listen to them um, like while I'm rewatching that kind of thing. Uh, do you? I I have one a little bit for Saf, but it's basically like, this girl is on fire. <laughs> that's it. She's that's just a redhead and has some fire spells. Yeah, that's like basically it. And uh, yeah, I don't, I had a, a handful of songs and they just like ended up being really moody. And I like, I didn't like the playlist very much. I was just like, oh, yeah, that wasn't it. Uh, I think if I went back and did it again, I would have a different setup for her. But for me, it's more about like, revisiting some art that we commissioned or I guess you've commissioned all the art of this character now that I think about it uh you yeah yeah I think thanks for that I love commissioning yeah it's a great I love supporting artists and I love their vision and there's also different they have all different styles it's great so cool yeah um yeah so I I think I'm more like reference the art read through my I take really meticulous notes I I am a pretty fast typist uh and I type our notes during sessions and when I am like thinking about it and there's a lot going a lot going on I'll really like um Ollie stood here my blink went off and I was on the ethereal plane and then Ruby started to cast fireball like I like rattle off everything that was going on so when I go back and revisit my notes I have I write them as journal entries um oh, from my such characters. a great idea sometimes such I, a great idea sometimes I forget but I usually yeah. write them as journal entries like sometimes they're notes for myself for like tactical reasons like yeah I uh I cast blink but I didn't blink to the ethereal plane so when we come back to combat reminder you're still there and you're still in danger uh, and then other times it's like notes. I'll, I do like letters from my character's perspective. So uh, I obviously we talked about this um, yeah. offline that yeah. I had recently. Like my character burned some of them recently because yeah, she's trying did. to like move on through something. Um, but yeah, I'd written letters from her perspective to an old girlfriend, and she has all these like journal entries uh, and like talking about her interactions with her brother and her interactions with these new people and like how you know like. What do they look like? Uh, and like, so all of my notes are, I have like tons and tons of meticulous notes and it just like really like fills me with a lot of joy every session to hop back in and be like, oh, I only took one line of notes in this last session. Apparently I was laughing the whole time because it's a very, very crude line and I can't say it even here <laughs> on an explicit podcast. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I've actually heard of people taking, they'll have two journals. Uh, one is from their character's perspective, so it's like filtered and that kind of thing. And then another one's actual notes. And then when the campaign's all over, they have their character's journal. Cool. And I, I think that's such a cool like keepsake and such a cool idea. And it's great for just keeping um, all those memories of like from your character's perspective. Yeah, I love um, that. I've also heard of some groups doing like a separate chat, either Discord or um, text. A lot of times it's Discord because you can have all those channels. Yeah. And it's just their characters interacting. Cute. Like when they're not in session, right? I love that. And so someone could be like, oh, my character's going to go do this. Like they have downtime or something. Yeah. Or even if it's completely separate. Um, like, oh, my character's going to the bakery and they're going to pick out this. What do you guys want? Just all in character, they respond. Fun. And I think that's just fun, just different um, way to kind of explore your character's personality. Yeah. That sort of thing. Let us know your tips and tricks in the comments. So we love to hear uh, any of your ideas yeah. or any 
future discussions you want us to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And if you've got a character playlist, uh, you know, like throw throw us a link. I'd love to listen to some character playlists, oh, yeah. especially with no context, to see if we could come up with yeah the, like a similar image of your character that uh that you have in your mind based on the based on the music that sounds so fun yeah yeah or any of your character art like on instagram if you want to like tag us in it or whatever we'd love to we'd love to see it i love that well we have been out of initiative but we're gonna get back into it so get out there and roll some dice and tell some stories and we will see you next time bye thanks for listening to out of initiative a podcast from Merely NPCs. For more from Sarah and Morgan, visit MerelyNPCs.com or follow them on Instagram at MerelyNPCs.